Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Midweek Football Social Daily Podcast. And with Premier League football currently on a bit of a summer break, we are down to a reduced schedule at the moment here at FSD Towers. But despite that, we are still here three days a week with the latest news, views and opinion from the greatest league, the English Top Flight. And on today's show, it is all about transfers, separating the likely from the unlikely, the nonsense from the truth, and looking at who is likely to be pulling on a Premier League shirt ahead of that August 13 kickoff. Right then, transfers, nonsense, gossip, chat. In part one, we're going to be looking at the situation at Manchester United. Rafael Varane is reportedly edging ever closer to Old Trafford, but as we know, these things do tend to move at a glacial pace. But we're going to be looking at the latest situation there and what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has in store. And then in part two, we take a quick look down the M62 at Everton. New boss Rafa Benitez has made his first moves of the summer. They might not be the most exciting, but Rafa has got himself in the market. And then in part three, we wrap it up on the other side of Stanley Park, Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp is not taking any messing about this summer as he swings the axe ahead of the new campaign with up to 10, yes, 10 first team players potentially on their way out. Right then, so absolutely a stack of things to get through on today's podcast. My name is Fergal Brennan and joining me, we have two chaps who would definitely cost you a few quid if you're looking to sign anyone this summer. We have Marley Anderson. Marley, how's things? Good morning. Yes, not too bad. My um, transfer value isn't what it once was, um, but I'll still to, still be good value for a free transfer somewhere. Yep, experienced veteran Marley Anderson. If you're looking for an experienced head in your squad, he can provide it. And the man with the smoothest voice in Maltese radio, Ian Brannan. Probably a, wor- <laughs> probably a world record fee would get for you, Ian. Ian, how are you getting on? 
I'm good, thanks. <clears throat> yeah, just to clear that up, I, I read the news on a, on a radio <laughs> station in Malta um, of, of one of the things that I do, and, and uh, we're just talking about how hot it is in this country at the moment and how they are actually laughing uh, in Malta, out of Great Britain, at us introducing um, weather warnings uh, for 30-degree heat when it's uh, 40 degrees at night there. They're absolutely frying. Uh, I've got the um, I've got the birthday, uh, all the birthday balloons and streamers out, by the way, because um, happy birthday to Marcelo Bielsa, 66 today. <laughs> magic stuff, magic stuff. I yeah, have no we'll idea. Celebrating with a game yeah. of murder ball later on. That's right. Yes, double double, uh, double murder ball. I think for uh, for the birthday, followed by cake. The big question that I want to ask you, obviously, Ian Leeds fan, is everyone going to be sitting around on buckets in the garden? Is it you're going to get the buckets out for everyone to sit? In? <laughs> There's no well, chairs. Naturally. I don't think he has chairs in his house. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he has just got that bucket. He takes it with him to the training ground, brings it home again at night, wipes it down, and uh, just puts it neatly in the corner. I imagine. Um, just, um, I think he probably just sits on it, has his tea. I imagine his he, dinner on a tray, uh, watching uh, Emmerdale. That's how he uh, spends his evenings. I think. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I mean, you know, who can blame him really? If I was yeah. Marcelo Bielsa, I think I would just do what I like, sit what I like, watch what I like, and eat what I like. Right. Transfers from uh, from birthdays to transfers, uh, an easy little switch there. Ian, we'll go to you first on this. Manchester United, it's been busy for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer so far ahead of the new season. Jaden Sancho is somewhere on his way to Manchester. We don't quite know where he is. He's probably still on holiday, so he needs to get back and pack his suitcase, you know, get himself readjusted to UK time, and then probably he'll get round to signing his contract. So that one is essentially in the bag already. Rafa Varane from Real Madrid is not quite as close. Um, if Jaden Sancho is coming through Piccadilly Station, Rafael Varane is probably somewhere a bit further back on the uh, on the escalator as we come through. According to reports, personal terms have already been agreed. Uh, he's not interested in signing an extension in Madrid. He's got around 11, 10, 11 months left on his current contract, but he wants to leave. United are confident of getting a deal done between 30 and 35 million. This will be a huge transfer for Solskjaer for United to get through the door ahead of the new season. Are you surprised that there's not been that much competition for him? You know, his CV is absolutely incredible at Madrid. United are really, really focused on, on trying to get this deal done. It looks as if they've got it over the line. How massive could this be for them next season? It would be absolutely massive because he's been such a key part of Real Madrid's success over the last, well, 10 years. He joined Real Madrid in 2011, so he's had uh, a lot of seasons there. And as you say, he's won everything there is to win in the, the domestic game and in the world game as well. He's a World Cup winner. So uh, playing for Real, uh, Real Madrid, um, where do you go after that? Somewhere like Man United would be um, you know, a good, <clears throat> a good move, uh, I suppose, if you want to move your career on. Because he can't really go to Barcelona, can he? because that's really not a done thing. And it's either that or somewhere like PSG, where it'd be um, it'd be teamed up with Sergio Ramos again, I suppose, if he ended up there. Um, so that'd be a bit groundhog day. So really, if he wants to move somewhere similar to, to Real Madrid, then Man United um, would be a good choice. You can see why. Um, there is a chance, as a, a Spanish journalist who, who claims that actually there could be a sting in the tail yet with this that uh, that perhaps Real Madrid now they know that Man United are interested might actually up the value um, and, and say that they want more money um, they're offering 50 million at the moment at Man United and Real Madrid apparently are were hoping for 70 million so it depends how much they stand by that that's according to a Spanish journalist who's been on Twitter today saying that uh, you know hang on this, this might not be quite as done as it seems and for Man United's um, they're wary of being um, 
caught up in a, a situation with a player like what they tried to get Sergio Ramos a number of years ago didn't they and and that just played out to him bettering his contract at Real Madrid and so that fell apart as well so um I think you know well it's not it's not done until it's done we'll watch this space but I think that uh it, you know all the signs are that there's what 75 percent chance it's it's going to happen and yeah it would be massive because as I say he's one of the best defenders in in European football in world football maybe not in the most recent European European championships uh, but uh, you know he's, he's going to shore things up and you know we've, we're seeing with teams uh, defence is as important as attack because you stop the ball going in uh, then that certainly helps you win matches Marley looking at Varane and his CV we all know how successful he's been at Real Madrid three La Liga titles four Champions Leagues and obviously a World Cup win with uh, France in 2018 and Jay Motti, who does the podcast with us during the season, made a really good point on Twitter last week where he said, if you want an example of how good Varane is, he's won more titles himself than United have as a football club. And when you kind of get it down to those basic numbers, it is quite frightening just how successful he's been. We all know that he's coming in with all these medals in his in his pocket and the fact that he's going to bring that level of experience. But on a playing level, as in a partner for Harry Maguire, what exactly will he bring to United's defence if... You know, we are still in the stage of if, if the move gets completed this summer. Um, I think he just brings a bit of uh, experience to that back line as well. Um, I know the Man United's current options aren't really short of experience, but in terms of, like, it's another level of experience when you've been around Europe and winning things and, you know, you've won three or four Champions Leagues and, and league titles and Spanish Cups and played in the best team in the world. Um, for for most of the last decade, you know what I mean. So, it's another level of of um, of winning mentality that they that he can bring to Man United, and I think that's what they need to get over that line. Um, they're, they're making semi finals quite regularly and not get into the final. Um, they made the final of the Europa League and, and came up short because um, they were a bit too timid and a bit too scared of what Villarreal would do to them in the in the Europa League final. It seemed so. I feel like with with Players who have that mentality of Varane around, I think winning becomes a little bit easier because I think it might seep through to, to the whole squad. The fact that you're signing a guy who's won so much in his career and has been so successful and he's been at the end of um, you know the end of every competition that he's, that he's been in. He's won it, he's been there, he's done it, he's got the T-shirt sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I think if they can get this over the line, it's it's a huge uh, a huge signing. I never thought it would happen, to be honest. I thought he would sign a, an extension, and I'm still not 100% in my head convinced that he's he's definitely going to sign for Man United. But if he does, it's it could be a similar impact. You would think in terms of you know the last couple of years, you go back, you see Van Dijk doing doing. A complete transformation at Liverpool and turning them into a, a new, a different type of beast, and then you see Ruben Diaz come in halfway through last season for Manchester City and win the PFA Player of the Year, um, and be an absolute rock at the back. You know, is there any reason why Varane can't do that? I don't. I mean, you know, he, he's certainly going to have an impact. It's whether it's how far that impact can take Man United, and with the um, the summer signings they're doing. I mean, Varane and Sancho and certainly going to get you closer to a league title than further away so we'll see what they can do this season Looking at those players that Marley's mentioned Ian Van Dijk at Liverpool and, and Diaz at Manchester City if you ask City fans and, and Liverpool fans they will point to those two players as 
being the decisive factor in them winning the league in the last two seasons. And that has been the case. Van Dijk obviously missed the bulk of last season after getting injured and, and that played a big role in, in Liverpool not being able to defend their title. But on the other hand, Diaz's incredible consistency meant that the City didn't really have to look over their shoulder that too too much. United do have a strong attack. They've got lots of options in midfield. Is there the likelihood that Oli has kind of been looking over the garden fence in, in either direction at Liverpool, at City and gone, well, in midfield on an attack, we can rival you, maybe not necessarily in terms of depth, particularly with City, but at the back, we just don't have that level of security that you have with a fit Van Dijk or, or Diaz where the team can press high up, can maybe take a few more chances in possession. We've got to mind the shop a little bit more because we don't have our equivalent at the back. As, as impressive as Harry Maguire has been, he does have an ability to get caught out that maybe Diaz and, and Van Dijk don't. Um, well, yeah, I think number one, having a, a strong defence gives confidence to the whole team that they can play because they're not panicking that if the ball slips down that end of the field that you might have a, a, a problem on your hands very quickly. And we've seen that even with England recently when we've got a strong defensive situation. You feel confident. You feel, look, we can, we, we're not in danger. They've got this. They've got um, a pattern of play. And we've seen how important it is as well for, for Liverpool. You know, you mentioned Virgil van Dijk there. Look how much Liverpool changed when he wasn't in the team. You know, he was their, their rock at, at the back who was keeping everything calm. He was really dependable and made a massive difference to to how things panned out when Liverpool were, were under attack. And he's not in the team. And look at the difference in the season that they've had, you know, versus that championship season where they blew everybody away. And he was a, a key reason that, that Liverpool had the advantage in those matches. He's not there and things are a little bit more, more panicked in defence. So having a really assured defender or pair of defenders in that central part is critical because as I say it just breeds confidence and with um you know Harry Maguire uh, involved there, and, and and someone like Varane, who who has got that experience that we're talking about, and not just experience of playing football, but experience of those big occasions that Manchester United hope that they will find themselves in. You know the latter st- stages of the Champions League, for example. That is a, an aim for them, and you to go into a a Champions League, say, semi-final or a final potentially, you know, which would be the, the ultimate aim for them, wouldn't it? The, t- with, a, with, a, with a partnership that have got both international and European experience at the very top level, you know, they've been here before and they're not going to lose their nerve, um, surely is, is, is a, a good thing for the team. Um, and as I say, I think it's... A, I know we're going to mention Jaden Sancho very soon and I think... Actually, um, Varane is more proven, isn't he, than, than someone like Jaden Sancho. He, we know what he can do. You know he's a good, solid defender and you know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, I think the big eye-catching stat coming around from Varane in, in the last couple of days is that United kept 12 Premier League clean sheets last season. Rafa Varane himself kept 18 and obviously he played the bulk of his season without Ramos because he had a bit of a catalogue of injury issues. Um, Marley, touching on Sancho, Ian's mentioned him there and potentially Varane, if the deal gets done, could end up being more vital to the United cause than Sancho. But if both deals do get completed, we're looking at probably the guts of between 130 and 150 million pounds that will be spent by Solskjaer ahead of this, uh, the new season. And, and that means that another big name signing is is probably unlikely. When you look through the rest of the United squad and, and potential strengthening that they might need to make, can you see him dipping back into the market for another signing or maybe another couple of signings? 
not this this summer, I don't think. Um, it definitely feels like he's he's done now. Um, you know, the, the guys are back for pre-season. Um, you want to do, you want to have done your your business ideally before you get into the swing of of pre-season. So, you know, that's just started. So if they can get Sancho and Varane over the line this week, um, then you would you'd be happy with that. I think. I think in terms of what Man United need. I would still say they need a defensive midfielder, um, but I mean these these moves take so much time that you haven't really got long left if you're gonna start start to action that now. If you want to go and sign Declan Rice, for example, I don't think you can get him in in three weeks. It's gonna take he's probably on holiday for another week, and then you've got to go to West Ham and negotiate with their two idiot owners who probably want £150 million and the loan of Old Trafford for three weeks of a season or something bizarre like that because they're, they're all over the place with their negotiations. So it's um, it's it seems like it's th- this is it. Like, But if you offered Man United fans Varane and Sancho at the start of the season and no one else, I think they'll, they'd take it for you along with the contract extension of, of Cavani late last season. I think if we see anything else from Man United, it might be another... Um, like a little contract extension for Pogba or something like that, or or then now outgoings. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. But as you know, as business goes, these these two signings are, are very very good. Yeah, I agree, and probably wishful thinking to expect another big name signing through the doors at Old Trafford. You can't have everything you want, Manchester United fans, but I think I speak for everybody that loves gossip and loves football manager in saying that if Varane does arrive, it'll bring to an end one of the longest-running gossip, nonsense football transfer stories. Thoughts and prayers go to Nicholas Gaitan. Uh, He'll be quite lonely, I think, if uh, Rafa Varane does join Manchester United because he will just be linked with nobody. Right, we're going to take a quick break here on the Football Social Daily. After the break, it's Everton. Rafa Benitez is the brand new Everton boss, in case you didn't know. Some Everton fans are okay with it. Some Everton fans are very unhappy about it, but he started with some tidy pieces of business. We're going to be chatting about all of that in just a second. Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily Midweek Podcast. Transfers are the name of the game at the moment as we build back up to that all-important August 13 kickoff date. We've already talked about Manchester United, Jadon Sancho, Rafa Varane, both strongly linked with a move to Old Trafford. We're going to switch to the opposite side of the M62 for part two, and it's Everton. Marley, you are going to be the de facto Rafa Benitez correspondent this season due to your in-depth and intimate knowledge of Mr Benitez uh, during his uh, spell at Newcastle, which Newcastle fans are obviously still unhappy about the way that he's been treated. Before we look at the bits of business that he's done so far, this move to Everton has obviously been controversial for, for a number of reasons. His connections with Liverpool, comments that he's made about Everton in the past. Because of that, every move he makes, every breath he takes... Um, is going to be analysed by Everton fans way more than if they'd brought in any other manager. What have you made of the first couple of weeks with Rafa in charge of Everton in terms of the way that he's he's looked to handle himself? Uh, I think it's it's classic Rafa Benitez. He'll just get down and and start working, get his head down and and start seeing what he's got with his squad and what he wants and what he can realistically do this season um, and this summer. And you've seen it with the guys he's starting to. Um, uh, to sign, it's not uh, you know, it's not a huge 
eye-catching name, uh, big name signings. It's just depth to the squad, and I think, to be fair, Everton did lack that last season. I think um, the the when you took when they got a couple of injuries in midfield in particular, um, then they really started to struggle. Like Dakure was out for a while. I think they won. I think he missed eight games, and they won one of them in that period. And I just think that's that's a big sort of miss for them. Um, so Rafa's probably making his his way around that. Um, he's brought in a little bit of depth as well. I think Andros Townsend and, and Begovic, you know, neither are, are world beaters by any means. Probably both slightly past the best. Certainly in terms of Begovic, obviously he's way past his best. But um, he's they'll come in and they'll do a job. I think it's just it's typical. Um, What's the word? Sort of a pragmatic yeah. uh, approach from from Benitez. He he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't demand that much. I mean, you know, it was different in Newcastle where he just wanted something. He wanted enough sort of rope to play with, and Mike Ashley wouldn't give him enough rope to hang himself. It was it was uh, not uh, it wasn't they weren't on on the same on the same sort of uh, wavelength. So it's different at Everton. I think he'll he'll. Clearly, build towards his strengths, which looks like you know crossing in for for Calvert Lewin. He's signing wingers. He's signing uh, Damari Gray as well, apparently. So there's another one there for for um, sort of a way to to unleash uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin and try and get the best out of him. So we'll see what Everson do. But I'm you know I'm not surprised by anything he's done so far. He's kept his head down. He's worked, and he'll make them uh, a much more solid team. I think. Looking at those moves, Ian, in terms of that are already through the door, Townsend was confirmed last night after he was released on a free transfer by Crystal Palace and Asmir Begovic comes in more than likely as a, a backup option to Jordan Pickford. He's also come in on a, on a free transfer. So not a penny has actually gone out the door so far for Rafa. So there'll be two big ticks against his name in terms of the way the club are looking at this. But the fans will be looking at this and saying... We want to push for Europe. We want to be at least in the Europa League, maybe on the outskirts of the Champions League places next season because based on previous investments, there's been obviously a big push to, towards getting Everton into that position. But Andros Townsend is a very interesting one. Everton have a very weird record of signing 30-plus England internationals, Theo Walcott and Aaron Lennon, obviously the two big jump-out names. But the Townsend case does seem to be a little bit different. He does seem to have a bit of a point to prove. He was generally quite good for Palace whenever he was utilised, even if that was just as being a bit of a foil for, for Wolf Sahara on the opposite flank. But as Marley says, when you've got a striker like Dominic Calvert-Lewin, most headed goals in the Premier League last season, he's a massive threat inside the box. You want crosses. Could Townsend be one of these moves where you think, hmm doesn't really you know get you off your seat or get you that excited but he's got bags of Premier League experience and he fits with exactly what Rafa wants yeah and and I think people said this about Andros Townsend when he signed for Newcastle with um, Rafa a few years ago you know it was like <laughs> Andros Townsend and then you give it a, a few uh, weeks or months and actually people were starting to see some results from him I think with Rafa and I think with any football manager you know you get a new manager in and very rarely does a manager come in and you have instant success it virtually never happens it always takes a season or two or three it requires patience and that's where maybe some fans um, are not too good <laughs> on, on that and they'll expect 
expect miracles. Now, there's a lot of pressure, obviously, on on Rafa, being um, with his history of of, of Merseyside and uh, and what he's done over the other side of Stanley Park. People will be looking at him now, and they'll be expecting like, all right, come on, then you can come and do that. If you if you're a success, then we'll kind of accept you. Potentially, might be how some fans are seeing it. Um, but I think it will take time, and I think what Rafa's doing here is is he's bringing in people that he knows. Uh, that can do a particular job in probably in the short term. Uh, I don't think that Andros Townsend will be part of Rafa's grand vision of how Everton would be, say, five or ten years from now. But I think in the short term, he's got a guy here that knows he can do a job. Like you say, he's he's, he's not been drilled into the ground. He's, he's still got a good amount of fitness and uh, Premier League standard. He can get some crosses in and hopefully in the short term, he can um, contribute to some goals. But I think it, it, with anything, you know, whether it's football, whether it's any any job, if you know somebody that you that can can fill that vacancy that's available, uh, and you like them, and you know that you get on with them, you're probably going to hire them. And I think it's just as simple as that. Uh, Damari Gray Marley is, is another one that, at the time of recording, we think is probably almost uh, signed. We're not actually rubber stamped on it so far. Little bit of a bargain. We're talking between a million and a half and two million to get a deal, but it's a very strange setting. He only left Leicester six months ago to to move to Bayer Leverkusen. Difficult to really get a hand on how he's adapted to Bundesliga football. Just five starts for Leverkusen since he moved there. But based on his form at Leicester, there's, there is promise there. You know, Brendan Rodgers was a big fan of him. I think it was kind of a little bit of a difficult decision for him to, to let him go because he wanted to keep him as a squad option. And Gray obviously thought that he was better served in, in moving to Germany to become a, a first-teamer. Did you see enough at Leicester to say... This is someone that, if he comes back to the Premier League, might have a bit of a point to prove. Rafa, we've seen in the past with, with certain players, he, he is able to light a bit of a fire under them. Or would you be maybe looking at this a bit more wary and saying, he's only just left six months ago, why is he not settled? Is there potentially a case there that you'd go, no, I don't want to touch him because there's, there's maybe a little bit of an off-field issue? Certainly, in terms of talent, I thought there was there was plenty there a few years ago. Maybe two years ago, he looked like he looked really promising, and then Leicester sort of Leicester got better and he got dropped out of the squad a little bit more. And I don't know what what quite went on, but you know, I thought it was a good move for him to go to Germany. Um, obviously, hasn't worked out, but coming back, you know, two million pounds is is absolutely nothing in in this this um, this market. So. For for him, I, I think it's a it's a decent move, you know, coming and learning off off Rafa Benitez, playing in one of his teams is is something that any player really would jump at, um, and if you can get him for two million, it's, it, the risk is so low that even if he doesn't do anything and doesn't isn't any good, you've only sort of lost two million quid. It's not a it's not a fee to you know lose any sleep over when Everton have been chucking around some big fees in the last few years, so. I think it's a bit of a risk-free one, um, and if it works, then fantastic. You can either use him in your squad or you can sell him on if if there's um, enough interest from elsewhere. But um, there's plenty plenty of positives to this move, um, and if he gets his head down and works works hard and and realizes some of the potential he definitely had when he was at Leicester, then uh, it could be a, a, a proper bargain for uh, for Everton. 
Looking at Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Ian, we know that if Everton are going to be successful this season, he is going to be central to it. He was excellent for them last season, 16 Premier League goals. I had a, a bet with Dave Scott, who we have on the weekend show, and I was sweating in 2021 because I said there's no way Calvert-Lewin would get 20. And, and Dave was messaging me every weekend when he got a goal. I think I promised him, I don't know, 20 quid or I'd come around and cut his grass or something like that. So we are all saved <laughs> that, that little issue. But... He will be massively important for them. He's been really, really good, uh, not just as a target man, but as a goal scorer. Everton, post-Romelu Lukaku, have really lacked someone that you can rely on to get double figures in the Premier League and, and get them into that conversation for Europe. 16, as I say, for last season, that was building on 13 from the season before, 21 in all competitions for, for last season. These are impressive numbers. Given the fact that Gray is probably going to come in, Townsend is is already in. These are players that are going to play to Calvert-Lewin's strengths. Where can he go personally this season? Can he break 20 goals? And if he does break 20 goals, where will that leave Everton? Well, it'll certainly leave him in a, a better position than probably where they were last season. I think if if he did break twenty goals, um, I think Rafa would be uh, you know sort of on on fairly easy street with the with the Everton faithful. I think because that would probably mean that they've won quite a few matches and uh, are doing pretty well. They are playing to his, his strengths. We know he's a big guy. You know he's he's um, you know great at, at, at heading the ball and taking those aerial chances as you mentioned. And when you look at the sort of players they are bringing in and and not. Not just that, but the players they've already got there that that will contribute because we're not building a, an Everton team from scratch here. Everton have got a half decent squad already, and um, as as Marley will know, it, you know, Rafa is very good at maybe improving the all round performance of what's already there, like he did with Newcastle. You know, a side that were floundering round, and look at the difference that that Rafa brought to that team. He got them going in the right direction and uh, and up the league table as well. So, yeah, you've got to play to your strengths. He's, he's and, and we know. As well from um, from uh, around the Euros and, and all the fuss that was made about um, Calvert Lewin there, that you know he was um, an, an exciting talent. I don't know if you've seen um, Calvert Lewin on his holidays. Um, he's um, posted some pictures of himself, and uh, <laughs> it looks quite the style icon: white suit, loafers, hair down. Blimey, it looks like Jim Morrison, um, <laughs> if you squint a bit. Um, by the way, back to uh, Damari Gray. Damari Gray's got more Premier League winners' medals than the entire Everton squad, so there is that. Yeah, but I think if you're Damari Gray... Surely the, except the Delve. Yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, right. I mean, we're, we're, presu- we're presuming... We, Fabi- take, we take the point, though. We take the point. <clears throat> presuming yeah. that Fabian Delph will still be at Everton uh, next season. And not, not one to give advice to millionaire Premier League footballers, but if I was Damari Gray, first day at Finch Farm, I wouldn't just walk in, you know, nudge Seamus Coleman or, or someone like that and say... Have you won the league? Because I have. Because uh, I think that would uh, yeah. that put him on background. Well, so, you certainly won't say it to Calvert-Lewin dressed like that either, would you? you know, I mean, just looking no. at his... If you haven't seen it, it was a white double-breasted blazer, white trousers, alongside a pair of stunning black Gucci loafers and a Gucci handbag. That's the uh, look we're all going for this summer. I mean, if you can carry that off, I, I would be absolutely in favour of going for that. Marley, I mean... If you've got the money, if we're you know able to dig around in the football social daily budget, would you be willing to go Gucci for us? Uh, I've not got that level of swag or drip or whatever the kids call it these days. I I would look like an absolute idiot in the, in whatever he's wearing. I've not got the, that type of fashion uh, fashionista approach to life. <laughs> yeah, Gorgio at Asda. That's where I stick. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Very realistic terms. Uh, if you've got the swag or you've got the drip, go for it. That's what I say. If you're Dominic Calvert-Lewin, bring it on. I look forward to seeing what more brilliant outfits he's wearing between now and when we can actually talk about some real football in August. Right, we're going to take another break. After the break is the opposite side of Stanley Park. Jurgen Klopp is swinging the axe. He wants to get rid of up to 10 players, potentially. The Germans rumoured to be unhappy with the amount of players currently in his squad and he's under pressure to trim the wage bill. We're going to be talking about who might be on their way out of the club this summer and who potentially could be on their way in. All that to come in just a few seconds. Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily Midweek Podcast. Just a quick reminder, if you're a fan of the podcast or if you're a brand new listener, we are your go-to source for all things Premier League. News, gossip, transfer opinion, everything. We're even talking about what Gucci is doing at the moment with Premier League footballers. But we are getting back on the transfer train. Everton and Manchester United in parts one and two of the show. We're now going to look at Liverpool. Ian, Jurgen Klopp is reported to be brutally looking at his Liverpool squad as it stands. According to reports from the Liverpool Echo and the Daily Mirror, there could be 10 players on their way out of Anfield this summer. Now, looking through the list, some of them are definitely squad players. We're not talking about Mo Salah or Sadio Mane here, but the big name that does jump out is Jordan Henderson. Now, as it stands, Jordan Henderson, Liverpool club captain, obviously lifted the Champions League, lifted the Premier League, but he's got 18 months left on his current contract Talks have stalled. He wants a longer deal. Liverpool are digging in and saying that because he's over 30, you know, they're kind of looking to play a little bit of hardball, maybe just offer him a year to tack on to his current deal. But that's opened up the speculation. Atletico Madrid and PSG are both looking at him and potentially saying, look, we can give you a longer deal. We can give you the same wages, maybe even an increase if you want to face a new challenge. Given the fact that Liverpool have already lost Genie Wijnaldum and he's left a massive hole in their midfield... They cannot afford to lose Henderson this summer. No, he's um, he's a key part of that that Liverpool lineup, and and as as well as that in midfield, uh, talk of James Milner maybe being one of those on the way out. Maybe not this season, but but next. Um, so the midfield area of Liverpool is certainly um, up for debate, it seems, with uh, with Jurgen Klopp. So we're not sure exactly what what he has in mind. But um, I know that one of the reports is that Jordan Henderson um, could be used as a, a make-weight to try and get um, Saul Niguez in from Atletico Madrid. Um, seems to be um, one... Um, potential avenue um, Liverpool uh, wanted a big 34 and a half million plus Jordan Henderson f- for him I mean would, would Jordan Henderson want to go live in Spain I think would be uh, would be one question um, and uh, and then and would that be the right thing to do would it ever happen who knows uh, there's certainly things going on there it seems and um, as you mentioned the, the, the contract talks are, are stalling is that the agent is that the player himself there's so many unknowns uh, with these things uh, people involved of uh, when when contracts are being negotiated and you don't really know the the full um, motive behind some of these situations as well but certainly some things afoot because if 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 he was um 100% part of the plans they'd be they'd be signing him up to to stop any interest um and any talk of him going elsewhere wouldn't they so there's certainly certainly something in the water there with with Jordan Henderson 
uh, Marley Klopp has obviously been told that he needs to make money before he spends money this summer and Michael Edwards has obviously developed a bit of a reputation that he can pull rabbits out of hats and get fantastic deals for squad players they've already got 20 million based on Marco Grujic going to Porto and Timo Iwanyi going to Union Berlin so there's money already gone into the coffers that could potentially be invested in new players Alongside Henderson, Divock Origi, Jordan Shakiri, Harry Wilson also is on that list of probably the upper end of the, the 10 players that could be on their way out. There is money to be made from these deals. Jordan Shakiri is reportedly attracting about 20. Divock Origi would say between 15 and 20 and, and Wilson not far behind. It's all well and good bringing in this money to the club if buyers can be found for those players. But if we find ourselves a week or a few days before the start of the season and Klopp has this money in the bank but doesn't have any new faces, they'll be short of numbers. Yeah, sort, sort of, yeah. I mean, they, those players barely played, though, last season. I, I don't think there's a huge problem on the on the horizon for Liverpool, if I'm honest. I think, yes, they've lost Wijnaldum, but, you know, Cater missed most of last season through injury, so if you can get him fit, that kind of offsets that. Um, and you've got Curtis Jones coming through as well, who, who played a lot of games last year. Um, and really look like someone who can step into that midfield and and uh, really take his career on sort of thing. I think Klopp likes him. He's got a goal threat. I think he's he's definitely one that could step in um, and help you know take the team forward without Wijnaldum, who is a, a big loss. But I mean, if they, if they lose Henderson, I think that's uh, I think it'll get sorted out. To be honest, in the end, I can't see him leaving. Um, but if you know if they do lose him, then it's then somebody does need to be signed. But I mean, the the dead wood you mentioned, you know, Wilson, Origi, Shakiri, all these types of players, you know, there's that dead wood needs to go one way or another. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so you need to you need to get them out, and then you can say, all right, well, we've got two or three spots left to fill. Who who can fill them? Can we get someone in pretty quickly? Um, can we take someone? from I don't know maybe from a relegated team or something can you go and you know wrap something up pretty quickly before the season starts because as, as I said before with the uh, with the Man United thing you don't want to be forming an important part of your squad towards the end of the of the end of pre-season and into the new season start and so they need to get that sorted quickly but the Deadwood needs to go and it has done for two or three years I think Harry Wilson's been loaned out too many times um, he doesn't know whether he's coming or going um, they seem to want 20, 20 plus million for him. I think Newcastle were linked last year and they wanted 25 million for a guy who had barely played for them and only did a decent job out on loan in a couple of spells here and there. Scored a couple of worldy goals for Bournemouth, I remember, but other than that, he was never worth it. So they need to get him, get him gone ASAP, really, and then you can use the money on investing in other parts of your squad because there's still a few little positions where Liverpool could strengthen and become... Uh, closer to the team where they were when they uh, walked away with the title a couple of years ago. Ian, Klopp will be looking at this and thinking last season we were caught short in certain positions, particularly at centre-back with Van Dijk and Gomez missing big chunks of it due to injury. They had to wait until January to bring in Ozan Kabak to kind of strengthen and, and get another face uh, in at the back. And you would expect that he'll be really, really wary of that. He doesn't want to make that mistake again this season. United are going to be strong again. Manchester City don't look as if they're slowing down. So Liverpool themselves need to react. And as Marley said, you look through the first 11, it is very strong, albeit losing Wijnaldum. Probably 11 to 15, 16, that, that strength continues. But 
titles are won and lost really when you start to stretch that squad and you go maybe beyond your 20th man and you want to start calling on a quality backup player in every position. As it stands, Liverpool don't really have that. Where is the priority for Klopp this summer in terms of bringing in one or two new, one or two new faces? I think it's as you mentioned really. I think it's shoring up that you know, strengthening depth, particularly in defence. We've seen that. We've seen what happens when Virgil van Dijk or or a player of that stature goes down. As you say, they're, they're great. They're first, if they keep their first 11 or 15 or whatever fit, they're not going to have any bother, are they? But it's it's not the case. We know they're going to encounter injuries through the course of the season. Some of those injuries might be fairly short term, but if you get a long term, a bit like, you know, with, uh, uh, with van Dijk, where he's out for the season, then obviously that you need a strong plan B um, and especially with you know transfer windows you can't just go out and buy another um, player to, to fill that gap and, and spaff a load of money on it to fill the fill the hole so strength in depth in through the spine of the team I think strength in midfield as well I know that they're looking to um, you know uh, maybe sign some some new players uh, through the midfield I think attacking wise they seem to have options don't they they, they don't really seem to have struggled for goals even though he didn't set the world on fire you know Mo Salah uh, Sadio Mane still were, were putting the, 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 the ball in the net and, the, and then they had other players contributing as well, so I don't think up front is the is the urgent um, problem for them um, or uh, on attacking options. But I think it's that you know defensive and defensive midfield area that that probably they're looking to shore up. But they can keep their eyes off Calvin Phillips. Yep. <laughs> uh, hands off, hands off, warning there from, from Ian and probably from <laughs> Marcelo Bielsa. Even on his birthday, I'm pretty sure he'd uh, take time out to say, "You keep away from uh, yeah. from my Calvin Phillips." I think uh, Marcelo Bielsa, what he got for his birthday apparently is an airfix kit of Calvin Phillips. He's just putting it together right now. He'll be painting it tonight. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Um, and I think in terms of Jordan Henderson, we've got to remember that the glamour of playing for Atletico Madrid and playing in Spain is all well and good. But if you can't get your hands on a chicken palm, uh, then it's absolutely no good. So I think that could end up maybe scuppering any chance of Henderson playing in Spain. Just one final thing. Um, and it's something that's just uh, popped up on my phone now. Uh, and it's it's not... Entirely Can you get a chicken palm in Madrid? Is that what it is? Well, probably would be difficult, but you know, with Deliveroo these days, who knows? Um, Liverpool's been stripped of its world heritage status by UNESCO um, because of the new Everton stadium that they're building in the Docklands there. They're saying it's going to um, irreversibly change the attributes of, of the area. So um, Everton's charm offensive this week continues. Wow, uh, I'm going to pop out for a little walk around. I'm based in Liverpool, so for as long as there is a UNESCO status here, I'm going to go and experience it. Marley, Ian, obviously sweating our way through the week. Marley, any tips for keeping cool in this ridiculous heatwave? Oh, I've, if anyone knows any, give me, give me a shout. I've been sleeping with a fan on full blast next to me, um, just trying to freeze my way through the night, to be honest. It's an absolutely sticky mess. But yeah, if anyone knows anything, just hit me up. I, I'm, I've lost about three pounds in sweat this week. Um, <laughs> Ian Marley's described himself as a sticky mess. Can you help him out? Well, yeah, I can. Uh, if you want the antidote to that, I can say live in Sunderland, Marley. It's absolutely fine here. Nice fresh air and everything. I will go. take the weight loss through the sweat. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thought that would be the answer. <laughs> We've had an amazing ringing endorsement for Sunderland in the last couple of minutes of the show. Chicken palm, great weather, and the chance of bumping into Jordan Henderson. Marley, Ian, thanks so much for joining me. Cheers, thank you. Cheers, guys.
great stuff and uh, Jim and the team will be back on Friday this week looking at some of the latest Premier League news building back to that all important get it in the diary August 13th Premier League football is back but in the meantime here at the Football Social Daily we can get you through the heat step into the world of power loyalty and luck I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.